0: Good day and welcome to the first bonus episode of Mountain Matters, which we will hopefully be continuing where we can actually take a few more minutes than the regular weekly three to five minute update and either talk to a local leader, talk about a local issue, uh, local artisan, whatever the case may be. If it matters to Big Bear Valley residents, uh, you will hear it on a bonus episode so you can get a little more in depth instead of, uh, again, just the brief summary of news. That is included in the weekly updates. So, for this first episode, we have Christy Walker-Boss, who has lived in Big Bear for many years now, and is a published author. In fact, she just published her sixth novel, uh, which is called The Community Garden, More Than Tomatoes Are Dying. And it is a murder mystery. She is going to have a book signing this Saturday... August 20th in the community gardens uh, next to CVS on Fox Farm Road from 10 to noon. And we're very happy that she is joining us for the inaugural episode of uh, Mountain Matters Bonus. So stay with us and enjoy.
1: Um, my actual name is Christy Walker, but I use the pen name Christy Walker Boss as an homage to my husband, Robbie boss, who I married in 2002. And we moved to Big Bear in 2001. We were out in Big Bear Lake before we moved out to Baldwin so that Robbie could have more sunshine to grow more vegetables. So that's what got us out to Baldwin. But even before that, Robbie uh, decided he wanted to create a community garden, which kind of became the inspiration for my latest murder mystery. Which is the community garden more than the tomatoes are dying,
0: and so it actually has a lot of, um, should I say, historic reality or or like a lot of things based in reality here in Big Bear, based you know because of the community garden that was your inspiration. You said it was
1: my inspiration, yes. And Robbie is the garden steward, but he is not the character in the book. <laughs> um, although people, one of the women at the garden came up to him the other day and said, "Hello, Frank." And because that's the character's name in the book. And he's like, How is Sylvia? And he was like totally confused. He thought she was having like a senior moment. <laughs> and she's like, It's the book. And he's like, Oh yeah. So um it is not based on is just inspired by um the community garden. And anybody who is in Big Bear and knows the community garden, we'll see some of like the physical um, setup will be similar to the Big Bear community garden. But all the people are fictional. Nobody's ever died there.
0: And uh, it's a murder mystery, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes,
1: it is. So in the very first chapter, uh, a body ends up being found in the compost pile which is the perfect place to put somebody if you want them to decompose quickly. Yeah, apparently. perfect
0: setting to talk about this book, too. It's thunder and lightning outside. Yes,
1: yes. It's a dark and stormy day. <laughs> so how
0: much more can you tell us about the book without any spoiler alerts for those that will be picking this up on, what, what Amazon? And it's on
1: Amazon and it's Kindle and it's a paperback as well, okay. yes. Um, well, it's basically about uh, a group of people, kind of like a Peyton place, if you will, But instead of in an apartment or whatever, it's in a garden. And so there's lots of gardening references, both funny and factual, um, that I had vetted by Robbie to make sure all the gardening facts were correct. But other than that, it's basically the interactions between the people. And one of the gardeners ends up dead. And throughout the book, you're trying to figure out who the murderer was. And, and other than that, I can't tell you more because uh, there's lots of surprises, and uh, I don't want to give any of that away.
0: I've read. I've, uh, I'm sorry. I've read significant portions of this book, and I can't help but think a lot of research goes into, even though it's a fictional, you know, storyline. It seems like a lot of the details are very accurate in terms of uh, how investigations work, and even the gardening itself, compost. I mean, did you watch a lot of Datelines, or did you see see, see like a real story where someone was buried in a compost pile, or where did these ideas come from?
1: Well, the and what idea- kind of research is involved? Oh, the research. Well, I did interview one of our Big Bear sheriff. Um, I asked him to come out to the murder scene, and <laughs> uh, and he was kind of. Um, concerned about that and he later told me that he felt uncomfortable revealing what the procedures were in case I was a murderer and then um and then Robbie came my husband came walking in and he was like oh is that your husband I'm like yeah and he's like oh okay you're fine because he was on search and rescue with uh with Robbie and then he jokingly said um I hope you know, but your your wife is planning a murder in your garden, so you better be careful.
0: <laughs> yeah, I always get a little worried when we're watching Dateline and I catch Sierra taking notes.
1: Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a little he was a little concerned, but um he was wonderful. He gave me a lot of procedures. And then there's um through the writing group, I was hooked up with a, a gentleman who worked in a small town and he was able to give me even more um police information. And uh, so that really helped. But yes, as I'm writing, I'll hit something and I'll go, I know nothing about that. So I'll get online, start, you know, doing research. Um, For the next book I'm doing, um, I have a call in for the Big Bear Hospital because I need to get some information on how a patient is in uh, intake for a patient.
0: Can you give us a hint of what the next novel will entail? Oh,
1: absolutely, because chapter one's at the end of this book. Oh. So Yeah. So uh, I take one of the characters from the Community Garden book, and I continue her story. At the end of uh, the Community Garden book, she gets a dog. So the next book is a two-person point of view. It's the girls and the dogs. So – that, too, is going to—it's not just a gimmick, because through the dog's eyes, you'll be able to see things that are coming that the woman doesn't see. Um, so it kind of will add the suspense, because you as the reader will know, because you're in the dog's head. Um, so that's that's been fun. I'm about halfway through.
0: Do you have a title for it yet?
1: Yes. No words between them.
0: Ooh. Yes. Because, intriguing.
1: Yes, because the dog can't speak and she can't speak.
0: Awesome. Okay, so before we get into more background, let's quickly uh, let the listeners know about your upcoming book signing.
1: Yes. That is
0: this Saturday from 10 to noon at the community gardens, which is on
1: Fox Farm. Fox
0: Farm next to CVS, correct?
1: Correct. Yes. So the garden will be open so people can come in and see the real community garden. I'm going to have books for sale, a raffle um, some garden snacks, if you will. And, um, it should be fun. So I'd love for people to come in, meet me. And if you want to buy a book or if you prefer Kindle, then you can just get it online.
0: But you can get a hard copy on Amazon as well.
1: Yes, you can. And this
0: is self-published?
1: No, I have a publisher. Do you? Okay. Let's talk about that. Yeah. It's called Flying Trees Publishing. It's a small press, um, I met the woman up here in Big Bear, and so she's um, already on board for the next book. So it's like a two-book deal.
0: Very awesome. Is this your first – because a lot of your previous novels were self-published, right?
1: Uh, actually, no.
0: They were all published through a publisher?
1: Uh, the the four romantic comedies were published through a publisher. Um, it was called Alora's Cave, and their imprint was uh, Carradwin Press was for my romantic comedies. And then they went bankrupt, unfortunately. Not my fault, I swear. Um, (laughs) So I lost my publisher and I lost my wonderful editor. And uh, so then the next book, which was Fearless, that one I self-published.
0: Okay. Because I know a lot of folks out there that that want to try to get into writing there's always that debate of whether or not they should try and find a publisher or if self-publishing is actually more beneficial and you have a little more freedom do you have any kind of thoughts on that comparison since now that you've done both
1: right well for all the publishing companies that i've been with you pretty much have to do all the work yourself you know i'm not with random house you know right <laughs> so they're all small publishing and with uh, alora's cave it was basically they published so many books every month all they did for you is publish your book and then you know send out to their list of readers you know hey these are all the 25 new books that came out this month i mean it was like a, a mill you know just boom 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 um
0: Do you so- get advances No. I didn't think so, but that would be cool.
1: Right. Uh, My very first book that I had published, which was in 1986, I actually had a publisher who gave me an advance. One hundred dollars.
0: Hey, in 1986, that's like a million today.
1: No, it wasn't. You know,
0: adjusted for inflation.
1: Yeah, Uh, and that's always and that's against royalties. So the first hundred dollars of royalties you don't even get.
0: Oh, because you have
1: to pay back your advance. Yeah, of course. So, um, what I did like about this new small publishing um, uh, company that I'm with is they get your Library of Congress number for you and all your other numbers. So now my books can be in the library. So that's one thing about self-publishing that's a negative is that you can't you can't get a Library of Congress number. And so therefore you can't, you know, libraries won't pick you up.
0: And it's a local publishing company, you said, yes. right? So mm-hmm. that's cool. I mean, in Big Bear, we always love to support local independent yeah. business owners. So she's,
1: yeah, she's local in Big Bear. And so she did all that. But Part I liked is I had total control of the cover, um, which I really, really enjoy because when I'm writing the book, I'm already picturing the cover. I already have the cover figured out for the next book and the book after that and the book after that.
0: Yeah, it's a great cover, actually. And who is your illustrator for that?
1: That would be... Robbie Boss. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's a graphic, He was a graphic artist when I met him. And so we kind of collaborated on that. I said, this is what I want. Can you do it? And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, I can. And, you know, 12 hours of, you know, manipulating this image I found and combining it with the tomato and making it all look like it belonged. I had this amazing cover. So I Beautiful. promised the next time I would use a photograph and not torture him. But...
0: and that's for the next book it'll be a photograph
1: yes yes
0: and so aside from the novels you actually have a history in editorial yes industry correct tell us a little bit about what you did and what got you like how you bridged that gap from what you did do to starting a hobby as a writer that now you've continued into retirement
1: um well i started right out of college as a photojournalist so, I worked for the um, LA Times for a little bit and then the um, in the San Fernando Valley, the Valley uh, Daily News. So, I was a journalist for them, but on the photo side. Um, and what's very funny is that once you're pegged as a photographer, they assume you can't write. They won't let you even write your captions, even though you were the one who was there. Then, when I switched over to as a freelance writer, when I uh, stayed home to have kids, I was a writer now, and they said, "I said, well, I can, I can give you photographs." They go, "No, no, we'll get a, a photographer to do that." So I found this little trick, so I could get paid twice. Is I would tell them, "I have a photographer that um, I can get to shoot the pictures." And they said, OK, we'll pay you for the pictures, too. I go, OK, but you have to go through me. And they said, OK. So I would write the story. I'd take my own
0: pictures. Well, what did you do the about the photo credit? Did you make up another name?
1: Um, I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is awesome.
1: Because my, my name, I was married at the time, was Christy Costanzo. And so I used my middle name and my maiden name, Marie Walker, for photo credit. And so I got paid twice,
0: you sly poons, yeah, because That's genius
1: well, I just think it's silly to think somebody can't do both, especially if you can prove it, you well, know?
0: and I mean, think how how journalism has changed since then. Yeah. now they want someone that can write, take a picture, have a video, put it on Instagram, like exactly, holy Lord,
1: this was back in olden days, you know,
0: yeah, no, I was part yeah. of journalism in the olden days. I missed the olden days
1: um, except well, for I, that, I always did, yeah. yeah, well, and being I was one. Uh, back when I was a photographer at the L.A. Times, I was like um, the only female photographer for miles and miles and miles.
0: L.A. Times. I did yeah. not know that you worked for such a high and mighty publication.
1: Yeah, it was just uh, like for six months.
0: Yeah, but, but still, but that's cool. It was
1: great experience, and that's how I was able to land a full-time job with the Daily News. And again, the only female. And uh It was very interesting because they did treat you differently back then. I was actually lifted up by Secret Service because I had had the audacity to take a step off of the curb. Even though the four guys behind me were like all in the street, they they were like, nope. And they just picked me up. And I'm not a small person. It was just weird Uh, anyway.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So maybe they've just had run-ins with a lot of crazy women.
1: Uh, probably. Poor yeah. Secret Service, you know. <laughs> Poor guys. <laughs> so, yeah, so from uh, from there, freelance. Then I landed a job in um, as an editor for a trade journal for the eyewear industry. And I worked for them for 20 years.
0: 20 years. Yes.
1: And b- that means I'm really old because <laughs> I've had all these experiences. Not at all. <laughs> but what was great about that job, it was a very small um company as far as I didn't have any staff so I finally got to be the writer um the reporter the photographer the caption I I did the initial layouts you know said I want story this is the main story I wanted to go pages you know 15 16 and then flow over to the back you know I and then I sent all that information to um the uh graphic people in New York and then they put the magazine together sent me a pdf i proofed it sent it back so i did that for 20 years so that was kind of fun i got to finally do everything and they paid me well so very thank you. cool
0: all right so what else do we need to know about christy walker boss that's bos by the way so yes. if you search for her on amazon that's christy walker common spelling boss bos
1: thank you yes um love Big Bear. I'm inspired by it every day. Um, love to do all the normal Big Bear things, hike, bike. I have a wonderful dog who is the inspiration for the next book. Um, it was very fun because I was asking my husband, what should I name the dog in the book? And he goes, you, sh- you should just call the dog Ray. And I go, why? They go, because everybody on the planet knows it's Ray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Ray. All the mannerisms are Ray. And then when you have a book signing, you can take Ray. And people will say, is that Ray from the book? And I go, yes, it is. And she'll answer to her name and it'll be wonderful. So, uh, yeah.
0: Very cool. Okay, let's end with a couple of fun questions. Let's see. What's your dream vacation?
1: Oh, my God. If
0: you only could choose one.
1: One? One? That's impossible. Like
0: the most epic place you've ever wanted to visit. You could have, you know, endless funds. Just what's like the dream vacation in your mind?
1: I cannot even answer that. I mean, (laughs) I've been to so many amazing places. I mean, one of the trips we're going to take is we're going to drive all the way down to Cabo and back.
0: Ooh. Yeah.
1: Now, I mean, that's not epic or anything, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And I can bring my dog. See that's that's a sad thing now that I have this dog I'm so attached to I don't really want to go anywhere I can't bring my dog
0: <laughs> I I feel your pain Well <laughs> yeah. uh, do you have a favorite quote? No. I wish you told me before. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just making these up. I didn't oh, God. know. Uh, let's There's see. Okay. Good ones. Last one. Oh. If you could be any animal oh. in the world what would it be and why?
1: I would be a dog so that I could <laughs> hang up with my dog more.
0: <laughs> but shorter lifespan. Of course, not, not as they're concerned, I guess.
1: No. <laughs> anyway, you can't live forever, so.
0: All right. Well, this has been uh, Mountain Matters bonus episode with Christy Walker Boss. Uh, again, her book signing for c- The Community Garden, The Tomatoes Aren't All That's Dying. Is that correct?
1: Um. More Than Tomatoes Are Dying.
0: More Than Tomatoes Are Dying. Uh, She will be signing this book for two hours on Saturday, 10 to noon at the Community Gardens in City of Big Bear Lake on Fox Farm, just next to CVS Pharmacy. Thank you, Christy, for joining us and being our very first guest on the bonus episodes of Mountain Matters.
1: It was so fun. Thanks. (laughs)